Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Private Education, the Smart Sex and Relationships podcast. Uh, I've spoken a lot today, so if my voice breaks at any time, just uh, please forgive me. And if it's if it's a little bit lower than normal, again, just please forgive me. Turn your, your earphones down. Um, I'm sitting in front of my guest today, Jean Sutton, who is a writer and she is currently studying. She's currently writing her thesis for her master's in science communication and honestly I haven't a bogs what that would involve but I do know that she has recently written an essay that she sent to me um all about podcast porn right now I don't know what podcast porn is I've never listened to it uh, I didn't know it existed until I read Jean's essay and I'm absolutely fascinated um so Jean welcome Hello. Thanks so much for uh, being my guest. There's actually like podcast porn could not be a better topic to talk about on private education. It's literally your 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 essay was made to come on this podcast. So thank you so much. It's got a um, catchy zeitgeisty title. It really does. Yeah. It really does. Um, and tell me, I, like, because, OK, I always thought of porn as a real visual medium. Am I right or am I completely wrong? No, like porn, I think everyone thinks of porn as like a man with no hair in his chest or lots of hair in his chest like ramming into a woman from behind <laughs> and yeah. she comes yeah. with no one touching her clitoris yes and, and it's really loudly and for white like, walls yeah over like the lighting's really bright so I think people like assume porn's like that but mm. it's it's really not and that's just a framing of porn I mm-hmm. believe that's happened like porn has been around for centuries mm-hmm. it's been in books originally and then it went over like photographs and then the video camera got invented. Mm. And then <laughs> got involved. Of, yeah. The Boogie <laughs> Nights kind of covers then the move to VHS and bringing mm. it into the home. It used to be in cinemas. Yeah. Which is the weirdest thing ever because... Group watching porn, yeah. And and I would presume group wanking, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> so would you have to be well spread out and just pretend that no one else was there? Or how would you... Maybe the fact that people were there helped people. I don't know. I don't know. That it different freaks me strokes out anyway. For different yeah. they, I, I, there was a. Fi- I can't remember which film it was. I think it might have been. Um, uh, oh, it was the Pelican Brief. You know that film with Julie Robertson. Love that film. I love the Pelican Brief. Yeah. But one of the characters in that, I think actually Stanley Tucci might play the character, but he's in a in a cinema watching porn and you don't see what's on the screen but you see Stanley that he's, Tucci I know I think it was Stanley Tucci I'm sorry Stanley if it wasn't you and I, <laughs> I'm, after, I'm after saying that you were doing that but I think yeah and he was watching porn in the cinema and I remember seeing that film when I was younger and being like what the hell porn I'm pretty sure there was a cinema on Capel Street that played up porn? until not too long ago yeah I'm not too sure like we'll have to double check that like mm. porn Dublin Capel Street yeah. where there's lots of sex shops but you know, I think there yeah. was a cinema there a few years ago. And like I just, if porn to me seems like something that you do 
alone and or maybe with your partner your your whoever you're having sex with but certainly not in a room like with other people there you know what I mean I have a friend and she actually like tried watching porn with her partner right. a couple of years ago and she came home and she's like let's do this and yeah. it turned out all he was into was money shots so like the the, the final shot like yeah oh no <laughs> she was like she thought like this is going to be a real sexy step in the relationship <laughs> and she's looking at him like I just don't want to know in future and you like, do you was he only will he wasn't willing to compromise on that he was just like this is exactly I think he I thought like oh yeah she's gonna be into this and okay. she's like not for me so like yeah everyone's different if you're into watching porn in the cinema with loads of other people there's a, there's probably an and the for that. movie you're watching is made with everyone's consent everyone's been paid everyone mm. got their lunch breaks <laughs> i'm okay with that yeah i'm really I, fine with that and like porn in general um like i can see i mean i started reading um like you know judith judith cranston like you know all that kind of stuff as a young teen yeah. too far too young for that sort of carry on to be honest I don't know like what age were you probably like 11 yeah I was around that age yeah. too but then I think reading those books like I used to read the Megabot Princess Diaries and then I came mm. across one of her adult books mm. and that would be fairly tame compared to the stuff that came yes. after Fifty Shades yeah but all the women in those books are having a great time yeah true so when I came of like age I was like Oh yeah, this like you're meant to be having a great time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So it gave, so, you, it gave you a good framework. Yeah, for, like, so I what think your those sex life should be. books are really positive. And how do you feel about Fifty Shades? Well, like I read Fifty Shades when it was just on the internet because I read lots of romance novels. I read pure filth. Like if my Kindle, <laughs> if you pick up my Kindle, you're just going to be like, Jean, what? And I'll just be like, oh, it's sociological. That's why I'm reading all I just, this. It's research. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I just want to know what people think about things. So, <laughs> so I justify reading what other people call trash. Mm. But Fifty Shades, like that came from fanfic. And mm. I used to read a lot of yes, fanfic. Yeah. I used to read Star Wars fanfic. Okay. Which was weird. <laughs> was it like Star Wars sexual fanfiction? No, it was just like just discovering fanfiction. new planets and okay, stuff. Okay, right, yeah. Things like that. So that was my fanfic. <laughs> okay. And then I got started reading romance novels mm. and I then came across on a romance novel blog called Smart Bitches Trashy Books. Someone mentioned this Fifty Shades of Grey thing. Mm-hmm. And then I saw it was going to be adapted into the books. I remember I remember reading it up all night just being like, okay, what's all? What's this about? Yeah. Like, yeah. And it was really badly written. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But. That's what kind of, that was my overriding feeling on the whole thing, that it was just really badly. I yeah. I, I appreciate where, you know, E.L. James was t- trying to go Do with you know it. what? She finished a book, which is something I haven't done. Yes. So fair play to her. Yeah, 10 out of 10 <laughs> yeah. for finishing your, your book. But like, I just, I, it was really badly written. So I think from a writer's perspective, it was difficult to read because it was just so... Oh, and were, it was really boring as well. Like it takes place in his apartment, his yeah. little dungeon. Like they don't even go to um, like the Judah Kranz books you mentioned are like all over the world. Yeah. Shopping, yeah, all this. Yeah. You're, you're like, in Monaco on a beach or you're yeah. here. Yeah, I know. Totally. So these books, they were so boring. And like I've never been to Seattle, but they just they made Seattle <laughs> seem like nothing happens there. But not an ad for Seattle. <laughs> no. And but I think those books what came after Fifty Shades of Grey is really interesting because it gave loads of women permission to write because the market totally. was like, yeah. we want this. And permission to read as well. Like I remember yeah. uh, when and the, the first Kindle book, is happening around then as well. Totally. Yeah. So like because I, I was on a plane on the way to a holiday in Croatia uh, when the first book was kind of, yeah, it was it was out and people were reading it. And um, I think 
there was a woman on the plane and she had she was reading it and I could see what she was reading because I was being nosy but she had uh, she had it inside a notepad so that no one could see the cover so she was obviously kind of like I want to read this but I don't want like the other people on the plane to know that I'm reading it but then when I got to Croatia and I was sitting at the pool every single woman every single one of the people at the pool was reading it cover and all and I was just like this is amazing because up until that point the knowledge that like you, you know even if you're reading like Mills and Boone or whatever you'd be a bit I read lots of them actually yeah, yeah. you'd be a bit like oh people know I read that them I'm on my Kindle yeah. book. do you know on your Kindle is probably yeah you, you can be on a bus reading it and you don't yeah. have to be like wondering is someone looking at you going is she getting off reading this <laughs> and then like just about like the explosion and people reading that mm people started reading other erotic romances and yeah. loads of writers are like only writing today or not only writing today but being bought and are known today because of Fifty Shades like there's C.D. Rice or Reese I don't know how to pronounce her name but she writes really dark romances set in LA and Laurelyn Page is another writer who I read a lot of her stuff she's really really good she's right. great she, they self-publish a lot okay so you saw this kind of boom in people writing stories to fill a gap in the market mm-hmm. and that gap in the market is still going strong mm-hmm. and they one great thing is like because they're self-publishing they're they write quite fast some people think that like might mean there's a quality control issue that's mm-hmm. a personal people's opinions yeah, yeah, yeah. and other people can think it's great but like these women are kind of let write whatever they w- want to write about yeah like so they're writing about stuff that's a bit taboo yeah like as I was mentioned she like consensual non-consent, non-consent. so like yes. rape play that's yeah. in some of these books and um a lot of people that's like if you said that to the normal person street street say someone reading like normal people mm. and they'd be like sorry what did you mention yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, why, yeah. Are you, why are you reading a book about this yeah but um because, yeah, I suppose the concept that someone might be turned on by that consensual, non-consent thing, like, you would, you might not want to admit that to someone. Yeah, and a lot of people, it's a way for recovery for certain things as mm-hmm. well. So, like, everybody's very different. So, I think when it comes to porn and people thinking porn's like whatever we described earlier yeah. happening, but it's, um, it's very, everyone has a different response to it and yeah. there's different niches. Like, there's porn for everything. Yeah, it um, really is. If you've ever been on Pornhub, there is literally something yeah, for everyone. Yeah, you'll find everything and... Um, for, for good or for bad. And you can find it with books as well. And one thing about, like, these novels, like, they're not classified as porn, but they are erotica because yeah. there's, like, an awful lot of descriptions of things going on and mm-hmm. the plot revolves around orgasms and yeah. whatever. Yeah. And those books in Audible started people started reading those books okay so that's kind of where the via audible crossover happened yeah yeah and that's where I kind of came across the um podcast porn as I'm calling it is I was listening to um Laurelyn Page's books on audible read by Elena Wolf and that's the not the pen name but the audio name of Andy Arndt who is a reader for other books like non-fiction and memoir okay and then she has her own romance fiction kind of stable right okay and does she use a different name do you think because she doesn't want to be like I'm a serious you Um, know reader of serious books and now also I'm doing some porn no because well she's not doing porn she's like reading the books out yeah so erotic romantic fiction dark romance yeah so no I think the reason she uses two different names is her name is Andy Arndt Mm. but her pen name for the romances is Elena Wolf which is like very a little more and also when you click into Andy Arndt aren't because I listen to a lot of audiobooks and I go with the voice of the reader mm-hmm. like there's some books by 
English writers that I really want to listen to on Audible. And then I click the reader and I'm like, oh, you can't. <laughs> I'm thinking 1916. I'm like, that's too English for me. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah. going to read you yeah. and I'm going to listen to another one. So I, yeah, I get you. I understand what you're that saying. That makes me sound terrible. But no, it's just like I, some I English accents, way. like they're too English for me. That yeah, I'm but like, it, that's the, like, I mean, I feel the same way about podcasts. I'll pick a podcast based on, I'll listen to one episode and if the person speaking has an accent or a timbre or whatever that I can handle, I'll continue to listen yeah. and if they don't, I won't. So, so yeah, I understand that. Andy Arendt, I suppose she's got her memoirs and her nonfiction. Mm. That's under that name. Then Elena Wolf is like the sexy books. Yeah. But a lot of the men she reads with, I forget their names, but some of them, they don't reveal their real identity. So okay. there is a sort of a gender thing, I think, between yeah. the readers. And do you think there's, do you think there's the same audience for, I suppose, like the kind of erotica, um, like by those authors that you're talking about? Do you think there's the same audience for men? Like, do you think there's, do you think as many men read I, them or listen to them as women? I think that from what I'm seeing in the articles being written about this and the people talking about it, mm. I do think this audio porn industry that we're going to talk about later is for women. In okay. a way, I think okay. it is. Um, I'm sure there'll be studies done on this, but the two big apps that are emerging at the moment, actually three. Well, one's a podcast. It's called Vox. It's the French one, V-O-X-X-X. Um, Dipsy, which is a app you pay for, a subscription like a Netflix. Okay. Sort of thing, and you get to listen to stories that they've written, their writers have written, their actors perform. Okay. And then Quinn is where people upload sex noises and stories okay. and stuff. They're all female. Like user-generated content sort of uploads? For triquin.com, yeah. Right, okay. So the three of them are like female owners. Okay, female, and, and female focused, like I suppose. Yeah. Female CEOs. Mm -hmm. So I do think that women, this is like the porn that women might own. Yes, okay. And But you're seeing like, like porn is such a big industry. It's like mm -hmm. worth something like 97 billion a year, I think. 100 billion, yeah. something like that. But like these women... There's also women making porn studios like Erica Lust is the big name. She's a Swedish filmmaker. I think okay. she might be based in Madrid or Barcelona. Right. But like hers is women's stories as well a lot. Like so that's that's kind of made with women in mind. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. OK. So she actually runs a thing called X Confessions where you can submit a fantasy. Right. And if she likes it, she'll make a movie around it. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah. So she's um, and that's like people worried about ethical porn. You can pay for Erica Lust. Okay. Um, Dipsy, you can pay for it. I don't, I'm not too sure about the French app I mentioned and Triquin, it's free. It's like SoundCloud basically. Because okay. that's are, something that a lot of people are concerned about with porn, isn't it? That it's, you know, that you're funding, you're, you're not funding, I suppose. You're not contributing to the industry, which is meaning that people are being exploited, I suppose. Yeah. But with, with these apps, you can, you're paying for a service essentially. So it's, it's, Turn yeah. it into real work. There's an academic in DC called Caroline West who's finishing mm. up her PhD who does a lot of stuff on porn stars. Yeah, I've actors. interviewed Caroline a couple of times actually. Yeah, yeah. so she's um, working on a lot of stuff about actors in the scene. But for Dipsy, I suppose, to make the distinction, like Erica Lust is dealing with performers. Yeah. Dipsy, they're not dealing with any sex that's happening really. It's yes. written, it's okay, fictional. just reading it out. And then there's actors. Okay, I guess so. so. It's a very sanitized production process yes. to get you aroused. Yes. You know, Erica Lust, it's video. Yeah. It's, it's they're having sex. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes in group scenarios. Okay. Um, but her stuff would be 
if you're like afraid of porn mm. but you're thinking porn might help me it's worth looking at her stuff mm. because and that, that can be quite feminine like I suppose fe- I hate the word I know feminist you mean, but you know though, like it's, yeah it's not necessarily just the big hairy man banging the girl for like yeah yeah I know what you mean um, and that thing of being afraid of porn like I there's so much um, shame it feels like around watching porn for a lot of people like I don't think it's not something myself my friends would talk about although I know that some of my friends do watch porn uh, not all of them necessarily but some of them um, and it's not something that really you I don't know it's not something that women I think generally I feel think they talk about, about when they're drunk yeah I definitely think there'd <laughs> so, need to be some some drinks involved yeah. to have an open conversation about it but that's you know that's part of the thing of like you know should we be is this something you know because on private education I've been trying to hit on topics that people might not necessarily feel totally comfortable talking about or admitting to even though it is going on and so like I don't you know do you think that there's a big fear factor with women admitting they watch porn or actually watching it do you know what I mean the distinction like I think that because men have been socialized completely different to us like Mm -hmm. people talk about the gender wars and sexism and stuff I'm like it's all in how we're socialized growing up like to me that Men are socialized to be men and women are socialized to be women. And really, we should all be socialized just to be humans. Mm. Like, I'm not saying, like, raise your baby gender free. You're let to that if you want to. But, mm. like, we should be raising everybody with different, not with different, like, raising everybody without these kind of toxic trappings of yes. your gender. Like, that the woman is quiet, that the woman will do this. Yeah. And I think that that's the big problem. Meanwhile, yeah. men are, like, socialized to be like body yeah and there's and like from a strictly sexual perspective men seem to be socialized to seek pleasure and to be you know not get pregnant and yeah totally we're just don't get pregnant and don't get you know an std like it's it's nothing about like enjoy yourself and you know you're allowed to seek pleasure and you're allowed to have sex for enjoyment and not for you know baby making purposes and um also there's this whole thing of like men seem to be like watching porn as a rite of passage for guys whereas for girls to do it or for girls to do it and talk about it is a little bit more like our naughty books are seen as trashy reads yeah and we're told they're trashy yeah. and like who who gave anyone permission to call what anyone reads trash do you know it's yeah. just so yeah it's so irresponsible I think um, and like that the whole the, it's the same thing applies to like chiclet and I know um Caroline Dunhu and Sarah Griffin have that uh, sentimental garbage podcast. There. Yeah, Sarah was a guest on it. Yeah, she was a guest yeah. the other day. On she was talking about Circle of Friends, and uh, I just think that's so good because that gives confidence to everyone. Like Sarah had this big revelation about how she was only reading for like zeitgeist and kind of you know. I guess like to be seen to be reading certain oh, things I like have a rule where I don't read new releases a lot of the time okay I like post them to Facebook or Twitter or whatever if my friend's a publicist for the book yeah but I am like no I'm gonna read it in my own space yeah, away when, from the like the vacuum of this is amazing and yes, I'll read it six yeah. months later and you'll find out for real what what you yeah, thought of it sometimes like. I don't have to finish the book yeah so I only read books I want to read um yeah. I skip to the end of a book if it's boring me I'm that person. Do you skip to the sexy parts? <laughs> um, yeah, for some books, yeah. Because <laughs> I remember doing that, like, um, you know, Louise Bagshaw, who's now Louise Mensch. Oh, she's yeah. a weird, like, MP <laughs> or something. Louise Bagshaw. Uh, I, she does I, a shopping novels. She does, like, yeah, yeah. And they're just, like, I, there was probably, 
in each book there would have been like maybe three sex scenes and they would have they wouldn't have been even like they would have been quite tame by comparison to some stuff but um I if I wasn't particularly enjoying the book but I still wanted to yeah. read the good bits I'd skip to the sex scene and I'd re- and sometimes I would even mark the sex scene and read it again like independently of the book, book because they were so good Indian Knight called All the Dirty Bits or The Dirty Bits for Girls where Ooh. she's just taking sex scenes from books she well, published it about 15 years ago that's a genius idea yeah so that's how <laughs> I came across Judith Kranz I think I read yeah, a few yeah, yeah. sex scenes and I was like what is this book yeah I because need to read fairness, it. And this is what I think, um, to go back to Fifty Shades, like this is what I mean by it was poorly written. I don't mean like, okay, the, you know, things like syntax and grammar and whatever aside. It was poorly written in the sense that I couldn't identify with Anastasia at all, nor could I identify with what she was going through, nor could I identify with her, you know, Christian Grey's needs or requirements or whatever like there <laughs> was no, terrible but it, characters it was they were so poorly written and they were all but also the sex scenes weren't sexy like there was no they're like, really functional they were yeah they were and yeah. they were very like they were very descriptive but they weren't descriptive in a sexy way they were descriptive in a very literal this is exactly where the fluids were on her body kind of way not like in a csi yeah kind <laughs> of it almost felt a bit clinical and a bit you know yeah, mechanical. And Do you know what the one thing the book had, though, that I thought was excellent was the what? Depot Levo, the injection um, oh, yeah. contraception. It goes into detail on that. And I'm like, <laughs> I was like reading that. Like, it's like an ad. <laughs> I felt like I was like reading a women's magazine article. I was like, oh, we're explaining how this works now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. But that level of detail about something yes. so knocking, like, it was just, it was really, I found it really, really odd. Um, and yeah, so we were talking about just to, get kind of deeper into the audio porn I was um, when I was reading your essay there was something that stuck out to me which I kind of went oh yeah of course was like um, phone sex and like call you know phone lines that you can for a good time call yeah for a good time call X number yeah and like there was tons of ads for that in the in the late 90s early 2000s um, when people first got Sky and stuff Um, but like that in a way I suppose is audio porn yeah so that would um so what happens like in the history of it is in the 1930s and 40s, the burlesque scene is kind of dying. Okay. And the radio scene is starting okay. as entertainment for people. So radio plays. Gotcha. So people working in the radio stations had all the equipment to record. So they started recording kind of X-rated um, songs, um, X-rated jokes. Like, you know, Mrs. Maisel, that TV show, there's a bit about that, the party records they're called. Okay, yeah, I guess. So they were bootleg, passed yes, around, yeah. solo under the counter, Lads telling like dirty jokes, lots of innuendos. And then we got that and then the phone lines started happening. So it's all like the technology that's there for audio mm. adapts to porn eventually. I get you. And then you got the film took over for a while. And then in the past few years, you had a Reddit where people started submitting clips to that. Okay. So uh, like their own like homemade audio porn. Yeah. And there's people who are like celebrities in that world. Okay. Um, like there's one guy who was interviewed in another sex podcast I was just listening to called How Come. And oh, I like his it. name is Jim and he does this thing called Feel Good Filth. Right. And Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Yeah, he's one of like he's only new to the scene. Okay, but yeah, so there's like that Reddit thread, and then people set up their own websites, and they he now submits to the Quinn website, tryquinn.com, okay. which is run by Evan Spiegel, the founder of Snapchat sister, who's graduating from Stanford or interesting business school or something. Yeah, didn't he marry someone real famous? Marriage thing. Orlando Bloom's Oh yeah, Miranda ex-part. Kerr. Yes, yes, Mar- yes. Miranda Kerr. <laughs> yeah. Miranda Kerr, yeah. She I loves crystals, that, yeah. I think. She does love crystals. Yeah. I wonder does she love audio porn? I'd have to ask her the next time I see her. Ask her sister in law. <laughs> yeah, so but Caroline Spiegel has started her company. Right. Because for a really interesting reason, she had an eating disorder. Okay. And she's in recovery. Right. So the visual of porn was alienating her so she wants something that she could focus on okay so that she, she couldn't she didn't feel like she could watch porn but she yeah. wanted to access porn somehow yeah so she kind of sees audio porn as centralizing your body in the experience so if you have body image issues and watching a like starving woman being yeah, yeah, pleasured yeah, yeah, by yeah. a very yeah. muscular man or yeah. by another woman yeah and you're looking at that and you're like oh, i feel like shit yeah Maybe try audio porn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's like you're listening to a story and you can listen to a story like someone reading out a story or you can listen to two people having sex or you can listen to guided masturbation, yeah. which is educational. I completely agree. So, or you can listen to like somebody just moaning. Yeah. While you masturbate. So they're, I think these are going to be really good websites for people. Yeah. I, th- I think so we too. We can't stop porn. I no. guess we can't stop it. <laughs> we can't. <laughs> and also like. Why would we want to? You were talking about women like not feeling they had permission and stuff. I just want to like say to people who were kind of a bit like uncomfortable around Mm. this or like uncomfortable around pleasure and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You're only on this earth once unless you believe in something else. Yeah. And isn't it terrible to be going through your whole life not masturbating? (laughs) Not having, like not looking after yourself, but like just try it out. There's like Shauna Scott and Sex Shop is a lovely person. Yeah. Send her an email. Yeah. Get in there. Get a vibrator. And like it mightn't happen for you straight away. Mm. But like one guy even just said about um, somebody, I was listening to an interview and they were like, you know, you don't have to, I think it was Dipsy maybe like saying like, you know, you don't have to master, you don't have to come every time you listen to por- audio yeah, porn. Yeah. Like something can just get you in the mood, make yeah. you feel good about and yourself. you don't have to come every time you masturbate either. Yeah. There, just, it doesn't have to be the end goal. Yeah. And I think like a lot of it is like, that's the one thing, the kind of media around like women and yeah. sexual empowerment is that like, you know, it's amazing every time. It doesn't have to be. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah. So. And also I think sometimes the pressure to have an orgasm at the end of something often makes it more difficult but if you just say to yourself I'm just doing this for the enjoyment then you're probably you know you might achieve it (laughs) like inadvertently it's like going to the gym with like a goal of burning so many calories you're like just putting pressure on yourself (laughs) yeah just go to the gym enjoy it (laughs) enjoy the gym um so yeah like the issues of like the issue of kind of vibrators and buying vibrators like I remember getting my first one. I think I was about 17. Um, but I think... You're very young. Yeah. I th- <laughs> Good I, for you. Thank I'm you. I'm delighted. Thank you. <laughs> no, I, I got 
I just didn't have a clue really uh, but I knew I wanted one I went in by myself this it, it wasn't like a girl's day out where, where I went in and you know we all got a vibrator it was just I rocked in I went into Ann Summers because of course at the, at the time that was the only place to get them and I got a rabbit you oh know, the, the one this um, the sex in the city the one. pink one yes yeah. exactly that one and and I got one and I hadn't a clue how to use it. I didn't like I it, it was kind of terrifying, actually. And um, there was lots of different ways it moved and all that kind of thing. There's <laughs> many different motors. In it. Like there was all sorts going on. Eventually, what I discovered was I just wanted one part. I did not want the shaft. I didn't want the funny bunny ear things. I didn't want the part that rotated. I didn't want the beads. I didn't want any of that. All I wanted was that tiny like one inch area of motor that literally vibrated that's all that's the only part I ever used and looking back now and taking into account my current vibrator ownership that's all I have is like literally something that vibrates and they're an expensive hobby (laughs) so it takes a while to find one that suits you it's like you know (laughs) and how many did you have to go through before you found one (laughs) But <laughs> well, I always like I'm friends with Sean as Scott mm-hmm. um, through media work. That's the one yeah. great thing about being a journalist is your black book is just <laughs> yeah, you've full got of freaks and weirdos <laughs> who are all lovely people. So um, I suppose I would have been writing about these issues for a while. Yeah. Or, like I've written for Image and Stellar mm-hmm. on the topic. So like, yeah, I would have done a lot of research. Yes. And it's been great. <laughs> but like, you know, like it's. I suppose you and me, because we've got media backgrounds, or mm. like you would have been watching Sex and the City and stuff. Yeah. We weren't like going on furtively on our laptop in a locked room. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'd yeah, be on no, the bus. I had, yeah. Like, I, had I make a bit sure more a child isn't near me but like, <laughs> but when I'm researching it. these things. <laughs> like when I was writing my article for my college assignment mm. for this, I was in cafes, like just typing really serious, but like listening to tryquin.com and just being like moaning number four. Yeah. And I'd just be like, <laughs> Thinking, I got. God, I hope nobody is looking at my laptop. Screen. Or I hope my earphones are plugged in, and yeah. and, the, and everyone isn't being treated to tryquin.com. Because <laughs> like I write in cafes and libraries, yeah. So it's, um, it's yeah. It was on a knife edge doing this getting this assignment <laughs> in, but it was good. I really enjoyed writing it, and I learned like an awful lot of history as well. Like, yeah, looking at, especially the blue disc scene. That was great. Fun. What's the blue disc scene? Oh, the party records so the, oh, okay that was that yes so blue I get you, discs. Blue discs. I yeah. get you okay and there's guys like at websites online and they just like collect these things mm. and they like do really detailed archive work I would love to interview them all <laughs> all of them yeah <laughs> and um so yeah like that whole thing of like buying a vibrator allowing yourself to like you know like I think there's still such a taboo about it and I think um there's a lot of have you ever found through your research or I mean personally either that um your sexual partner can be intimidated by your uh openness to want pleasure and your openness to you know use vibrators or you know I think that um like I don't think my generation that's an issue from my friends okay talking to them I think that like my kind of whole thing about it is it saves him doing a load of work <laughs> <laughs> justify a lot of female just, progress yeah just say like he'll have, probably have to do a bit less work yeah so, okay um, but no from talking to my friends and stuff I don't think it's a big issue like I also think that lies a lot in educating 
everybody about pleasure mm-hmm. like yeah. so educating men about how women's bodies work mm-hmm. yeah like one thing about the erica lust um productions is like she has one video that's a good starter video for everybody it's right. probably the ski instructor i think it's called okay it's about 20 well, I'm 20 minutes down. long <laughs> but like the first half of it there's no sex okay it's a girl meeting her ski instructor and going skiing and lovely views of the mountain okay and yeah. then there's the apri ski right okay <laughs> but like that's that kind of um reflects like the plateau of sex as well like yeah men it's different it's like switching on a button yes. but like men also have ed as well we have to yeah no take I that suppose. into mind yeah. and like there's a lot of pressure on men to poor men yeah um but like women it's like it's not like flicking a switch no so i think like men have to be taught that a bit yeah. and i think they're becoming more aware because yeah. women are becoming more vocal yes yeah so and i think it's hard like it's it's difficult to sometimes explain when you're in a heterosexual sexual relationship i suppose that you know you almost feel like I don't know, not guilty, but you almost feel like you're holding things up as a woman. Yeah. You know, because you're not you're not on the same orgasm schedule as your male partner might That's be. That's a great phrase. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I think you don't want to feel like you're... So, may, I don't know, maybe there is something to be said for explaining that to men and being like, look, I'm going to use this vibrator for 15 minutes before you come anywhere near me. So yeah. then we can, you know, be on the same trajectory. Go and play at your Xbox and when I holler... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> come back down <laughs> um yeah like i think like we're just not learning about this in school yeah that's and the bottom line yeah, then it happens we all arrive to college and we're all pissed all the time yeah and like i have a friend and when me too happen and stuff she's like gene i'm trying to have amnesia <laughs> <laughs> because just, i'm ignoring this i wish i don't i don't that want to happen. remember yeah. a lot of things yeah and i think like you know that's really scary mm. but like i think like you know, in Ireland, we're convents, yes, all boys yeah, schools, history, even in yeah. the mixed schools, separated for mm-hmm. sex, like nothing about non-binary stuff. Mm-hmm. Don't get pregnant if you're a girl. Here's some tampons. Here's the teacher you ask for tampons. Yeah. I don't know what the boys are taught. That's like a cult to me. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know what you're taught. Who, who teaches them things? Yeah. yeah. Um, wet dreams. Yeah. And then like we get to college. Lesson one, wet dreams. Lesson two, don't get anyone pregnant go on off and then go. we get to college and it's like you tend to fire talk about like fire safety now they do have consent workshops right but like we're not nobody's telling us about like you know you and me are relying on sex in the city and yeah young kids nowadays or girls nowadays have shows like the bowl type which is really good around sex okay and that's on amazon prime right but is that aimed at teenagers? No, it's like aimed at women and it's about women in media, but like right. vibrators just talked about as if they're normal. Like there's one okay, instance yeah. where the friends realize they have the same vibrator they've been using okay. and it's a really funny joke. Okay. And it's just, but it's an open thing as in, yeah. it's not like, oh my God, you've got one. I yeah. It's know, like, it's oh no, like, wait, that's my vibrator. What are you doing with it? Yeah, yeah, and there's yeah. one bit where one of the girl's boyfriend goes on the business trip or something. Okay. And he's just leaving the house and she just picks up her vibrator and she goes, oh, I guess it's you and me. And yeah. it's just really normal. Just as if it's a normal thing. Yeah. It's self-care. Yes. <laughs> Vibrators as self-care people. That's Anxiety busters. Um, yeah, like just, I suppose the moral of this story is masturbate to your Erica Lust porn or your audio porn. Whichever <laughs> is you try them all out. Um, and what about, you know, that... Um, that website I we talked about it briefly on another episode but that website OMG yes 
I did. Oh, the um, Emma Watson promoted it. Yeah, Emma Watson. Yeah, Emma Watson is famous for um, Harry Potter, but also for talking about this website, yeah. um, OMGS. And what it is for anyone who doesn't know, it's um, it's essentially it's a subscription. You subscribe and you get access to a whole batch of videos, and it's all about um, teaching yourself how to how to pleasure yourself, I suppose. Um, and it's it's in very instructional very practical um and it's all video based and it's it teaches you all different types of uh, different methods for masturbation and it's it's all kind of geared at making you feel more comfortable doing it and and letting you get to know your your own body and your own likes and dislikes and i did a feature on it and they gave me a login so i had access to all of the videos and initially it made me feel really uncomfortable because and I and like I was kind of annoyed at myself that it made me feel uncomfortable because I don't you know I'm really comfortable with all that sort of stuff but I still was a bit like oh look at what she's doing there with her hand and her finger and her you know and I was confused as to why I was so uncomfortable and then once I kind of got used to you know what it was and what I was looking at and whatever I found it really useful and really helpful and I think as well um it it's good at letting you know what you don't like and letting you know that it's okay not to like a particular method and that once it works for you that's totally fine have you ever used it do you know anyone who's used Um, it no but there are some books on orgasm difficulty that are quite like bestsellers and I don't think I interviewed the author of this come as you are right but I have the book and it's basically about and is it like a, a book version of OMGS there's no diagrams in it, I okay. don't think. Um, but it's basically about if you're having orgasm difficulty. There's like three parts of the book, depending on your situation. And you follow three different programs. And one is okay. about yourself. One's about with a partner. And I, there might be another one. But like it's I that kind you. of... There's loads of materials out there. Like mm-hmm. Amazon is your best friend okay. for this kind of stuff. Because then you'll see recommended books. Yes, okay. And then there's a writer who I did interview. Oh no, he's a Dr. Ian Kerner, I think is his name. Right. And I interviewed him for Stellar on the topic of orgasm difficulty and he was great basically just saying about people put a lot people put a lot of pressure on themselves so I think these things like I think maybe the learning that website might put a lot of pressure on you if it's a course yes I know what you mean meanwhile kind of if we normalize masturbation and stuff in general vibrators and just be like go ahead and do it yourself yeah not going out this Friday it wasn't so much that it was a course as it was a series of videos so it wasn't something to like you know, graduate from at the end. But it was just kind of just like, it was almost like each video was like, try try this, see, do you like this? Try this, see, do you like this? It was almost like a menu, a masturbation menu. And you go through and try all the different things. Different types of yoga. Yeah, exactly. You know, different types of um, different methods and different, you know, um, ways of approaching it. And I guess, you know, it, there is that thing of, you know, we don't, there's no one ever, ever in our, like, in our lives, I suppose, that, that says to to women, um, go and look for this this pleasure and go and, you know, it's fine that you're doing this and it's totally grand. And you're right, it needs to be more normalised. And I feel as though, like in a weird roundabout way, audio porn is a good entry you can listen level. To it on the sort bus. Of, yeah, do you know, <laughs> not that you would want to listen to porn on the bus. Like maybe you do. I don't, personally, I don't think I could listen to porn on the bus. Although I've never <laughs> tried, so... I mean, I don't know, I can't remember the last time I was on a bus, number there one. There is but like in Dipsy, you can choose a menu Okay. of like, I'm in the mood for whatever, or I'm going to listen to this with my partner. Okay. Or 
like there's one of the options is um to kind of calm is, down from work or like oh, right, diffuse okay. from work. Is there like an I'm on a bus so don't make it too loud option? I think there might be an option about public transport. I'm not too sure. But like Dipsy are like stories like one of the stories is like a girl bringing up a threesome to two guys. Okay. That kind of stuff. Another is like a couple on holidays. Right. Okay. So just these mini little stories. But like there are, they, they'll curate them to be like, oh, you're stressed from work? Listen to these ones. Okay. And they'll be like, you'll hear clinking glasses and stuff like the soundscapes so in them are really yeah. interesting. Okay. That like you can hear, like they put a lot of work into it. And apparently, yeah. um, I haven't heard this one, but you can hear the crinkling of condom wrappers and stuff as well. Interesting. Okay. So like they get really into, like really detailed. It's produced, like it's yeah. well produced. Okay. So like, yeah, just those kind of, just try stuff out. Like, as I said before, you've won life. You might as well be using yeah. your downtime to masturbate. Like, none of this stuff is really shameful. Like you're not no. looking up donkeys. So, well, you know. I mean, and, and maybe you are. But you probably shouldn't. I think it's a, against the law. That's probably a topic for a different day. If yeah. if donkey porn is your um, go to. Oh, I hope it's not. I do too. <laughs> I, I don't want to I don't want to be like discriminatory to anybody but I really I think I do in that case <laughs> I do too um, but yeah no but try stuff out there's loads out there these companies are being run by women mm. they're putting women's pleasure centre you know there's something for everybody yeah and but me and Ashley aren't going to judge you absolutely not in fact we'll be the last people to yeah. judge you there's no judgment we'll be here. high-fiving you yeah absolutely yeah um so yeah that's a fantastic way to finish like you're only here once so you might as well be masturbating and you might as well be enjoying it <laughs> <laughs> that's it i think i actually might call the episode that um so thank you so much Jean. you're so thank good you. uh, to come in and chat to us about audio porn um and podcast porn i'm really worried about my family now no don't listen <laughs> My family still talk to me. Shocker. So it's totally <laughs> fine. Um, actually, I, I was I think I was saying that I was explaining to my uncle the other day what a podcast was. Um, he'd never listened to one. So, hey, if you're listening, Morris. Um, Great first episode. <laughs> yeah, to listen to. I know. Um, so, yeah. Thanks so much, Jean. Thanks, Cassie and Tall Tales for the amazing studio to record in. And thank you very much to everybody who um, supports the podcast, whether that's on Instagram at Private Education Podcast or anywhere else on iTunes or on Spotify or wherever. Um, I really, really appreciate when people listen and I really, really love when people message me their stories and stuff and actually just thought of one there that came in the other day. Um, I was asking for like sex disasters and someone got on to me and said that there was a... An incident with chilies. So basically there was a guy and a girl and they were like cooking dinner together and being like romantic, having a romantic dinner. And he was like chopping up a chili. And then he decided he was, took a notion. He decided he was going to get into her pants. He didn't wash his hands uh, and he'd been chopping a chili. And so her lady bits were on fire and she had to like scream and run to the shower and they ended up not having the ride at all. It was hilarious and I just loved the story and I reposted it on Private Education Podcast on Instagram. So there's loads of um, there's loads of interaction on, on Instagram if you do want to come over and ha- like have the chats with me or whatever. And also I'm going to be doing another Agony Ant style episode soon too. So um, if you want to send in any questions, I got a really interesting one in from a guy who ha- is in a long distance relationship with his girlfriend. I think she might be in Canada if I'm not mistaken anyway he's in a long distance relationship and he wants basically essentially permission to cheat oh so (laughs) I again no judgment here but I am going to talk about that one soon so um until next time next week 
stay safe and have fun and thank you so much Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.